In October 2019, Tanzania's Court of Appeal upheld a landmark 2016 High Court ruling, which declared that a 1971 law permitting the marriage of girls as young as 15 was unconstitutional. Though the Court of Appeal directed the government to swiftly raise the minimum age of marriage for girls to 18, the regime, led by Africa's only female head of government, has yet to amend marriage laws and child marriage remains a serious issue. Welcome to Dissidents and Dictators, a series of conversations by the Human Rights Foundation dedicated to exposing and challenging authoritarianism around the world. In this episode, Tanzanian anti-child marriage campaigner Zuhura Abdul-Sakaya discusses with psychotherapist and anti-female genital mutilation activist Leila Hussein the lifelong consequences of forced marriage on girls, the current situation in Tanzania, and the next steps to be taken in the struggle against child marriage. Good afternoon, everybody. Uh, Thank you all for coming and making the time because I know it's been three days of intense conversations, very powerful sessions and speakers. So we really are grateful that you made it to the space. uh, we will be, I mean, our session today will be focusing uh, on, I'm going to use the word air quote, child marriage in Tanzania. And I'll tell you why I'm using air quote. And actually, when Mohammed actually contacted me to moderate this session, the, my first response by email was, oh, we need to change the title. And he was like, why? And I said, well, we are talking about children being abused. So I really want to start this session with us really, where we start reflecting on why we call this child marriage, because a child can never consent to marriage. So I want us to really start with that, uh, uh, in, you know, us, us challenging our biases. You know, we are carrying biases around this. So I want us to start with that. Uh, just to give you a bit of a warning, um, <clears throat> this is a very difficult conversation, so it, you might have some triggers, it might it could be difficult. If you feel the need to leave the room, please do. And obviously one of the staff members will come and and see. So, a better introduction. My name is Leila Hussein. Uh, I'm a psychotherapist by background. Uh, I'm also the current global advocacy director for the Girl Generation, which is the biggest uh, the biggest movement. We support the movement of uh, ending FGM in Africa currently. I'm based in Kenya, Nairobi, right now. Uh, so that's me. So I want to introduce my uh, amazing guest. Uh, Zuhura Abdul. So Zuhura, I'm going to give you a little bit of time to introduce yourself and then because I really want you guys to have a bit of time to really get to know the work, the amazing work Zuhura's been doing in Tanzania. Zuhura, over to you. Thank you, Leila. Or should I say Dr. Leila OBE? <laughs> <laughs> Thank, you. <laughs> Thank you very much. You're a very great person, by the way, and I'm honored to be like interviewed by you. So thank you, Leila, for that nice introduction. I'd like um, making sure that the audience goes the right way on challenging the like mm-hmm. the narrative of itself being child marriage. So my name is Zuhura Abduli. I am a member, one of the members of Youth for Change Tanzania movement, which is like a movement advocating for gender-based violence, especially teenage pregnancies and uh, alien forced child marriages. So that's what I'm doing in Tanzania. Over to you. you say. <laughs> okay, thank you. So I, I guess... The, the first question I wanted to ask you was, you know, cause especially with the work that I do, one thing I learned being an activist myself, mm-hmm. the youth movement is very key mm-hmm. to any changes we're making. I think we could see that in the HRF community as well. Mm-hmm. And that's really where you come in. So maybe mm-hmm. if you can give the audience, maybe take on a little journey on how you got involved mm-hmm. 
in the you know being one of the leaders in that movement mm -hmm. yeah yeah so um, i come from a family of three girls i am the third in my family and from the moment that i was born my father was disappointed in me he was disappointed on the fact that i was a girl and he was disappointed on the fact that because for him girls cannot like continue the clan because in our african community boys are the one who are like continuing the clan killing the family name because you know leila uh, when you get married you will even change your name so you won't like be able to like continue the clan and maybe be able to develop the family mm -hmm. so from the moment i was born my father was like very disappointed on the fact that i was born a girl to the extent that he even reached to a point where he like took out a knife on the day that i was born and he tried to stab me yeah so just because i was born a girl so from the moment i was born and uh, and his frustration in all of those issues and the issues that he faced he came to a point where he started like practicing beating my mom so i grew up seeing my mom getting beaten up i grew up seeing my mom getting harassed, uh, harassed mm -hmm. and neglected and he did a lot of things that made me like feel like i don't belong i had no community in which i can speak up mm -hmm. i can say I can, I can share my voice so i became like some sort of an introvert but some sort of person who can like deep inside i'm like hidden and like cannot share my story mm -hmm. so it's a story in which it's very sad and it's like because just because i'm a girl i had to like hide myself and all those stuff so my my father used to call us cows it's cows because we'll just be married off one day it's cows because we cannot bring anything to the family so for me uh growing up and maybe i i was i was into i went to school and in school i had to work like extra hard I had to study hard because I knew if I went back to my community, if I don't succeed, I am going to fail. And if I fail, I am going to like disappear. Maybe I'm going to get to be married. Maybe I'm going to like something bad is going to happen to me. So I had to work extra hard because I knew my community is not going to accept me. It, it was it was a lifesaver for you. Yes. A lot of people don't understand. Few few people here went to school because they had to go to school. Yes. For girls like you, it was. It was like, a like way your life out. depended on it. Yeah, it was a way it out. It was like yeah. a way out. Yeah. So I had to study hard. I had to work hard. I had to give it like more than one hundred percent in whatever I do, mm -hmm. and it came with like positive benefits because I got recognized at school, like being the best and all those stuff. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, my trigger, my push for me was because I was a kid. But at the same time, I could not like express myself. Mm -hmm. I could not be myself because going back home, no matter how much I succeed at home, and even at this moment. If I go back home, I'm still a cow. Mm -hmm. No matter how much like I do to like show myself as being as a person, if I go back home, I'm still like this person who is going to be like sold off being a cow. So seeing all of that and experiencing all of that, I got to join. I got to join uh, Youth for Change, which was one of the programs at Apply International. And when I joined that community, they got to support me, and I got the counseling, and I was nurtured into not thinking now that i'm a cow and now thinking that i'm a human being and i can make changes and experiencing all of that i am now speaking up for girls i'm telling girls that they should share their voices i'm doing programs i've participated in a lot of activities in which i tell girls to just share their voices share their stories and empower girls because that is like the future the generation that we are supposed mm -hmm. to be in i i think what you're 
describing very well it's this system of patriarchy and who in this room has had an experience of patriarchy in the community? Who hasn't? Right, exactly. So all of us, all of us in this room can relate to this story. So it's not just something that happens in time. I think, because yes. for me, when we're dealing with issues, mm -hmm. when we see it as a single issue, we can't really, we, we can't solve that problem. We need to see it as a global mm -hmm. issue. Mm -hmm. So for me, what you're describing is a patriarchal system, mm -hmm. which fundamentally comes back to the control of the female body. So the moment you were born, they had to control your body. Even when you were saying, you said cow, but I know in my in my community, I mean, I was very lucky I had a father who was actually the opposite of the, I mean, he, he was, he supported his daughters, he loved his daughters, but there was a bigger community that wanted to control me, even now. So you just call me Dr. Leila OBE, mm -hmm. but when I go to family gatherings, I'm told, oh, you know, you're just, you're just gonna bear children. That's really your role. So you're, 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 you're brought to this level, like, you're nothing but someone who's going to be carrying children. You're not seen as a sexual being, yes. as a human being, yes. right? Yes, yeah. and, that's, and that's actually very bad because yeah. going back to my community and mm. participating in programs like Youth for Change and Applying International Tanzania and being nurtured and being cancelled and finally getting to see like other girls and participating in programs, mm -hmm. you get to see that girls are not only facing problems of being like seeing their mom being abused, or being uh, like emotionally abused or mm -hmm. all of that. There are other major, major problems that girls are facing. Like we have issues like lack of proper menstrual hygiene. Yes. We have issues of lack of proper sexual reproductive health. Mm -hmm. And a lot of issues like restrictive laws in our community, in, especially in my country, there are a lot of restrictive laws which restrict like girls, their, their rights to, to be able to reach their rights, you know? So it's like very, it's, it's my problem is like the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. My story is like, it's like the tip of the iceberg. There's a high issue that we need to address in our community in order to make sure that we reach and achieve gender equality. So we yeah. need to we need to get to the foundation of the problem. Yes, yes. Uh, but it's what you said earlier. We actually need to respect girls and yes. see them as human beings because yes. that's where it needs to start from. Yes. Because if we don't believe girls should have the right to go to school, mm -hmm. have the right to access, like when we designed the Girl Generation Program, we called mm -hmm. it. We said it's a girl-centered approach. Mm -hmm. We want. Actually, you should have seen when I said to FCDO, this is a governmental department, and I said, we need to start building Love Village. Mm -hmm. The idea of even saying the word love for girls mm -hmm. was like shocking. Mm -hmm. So that, again, says, we don't even believe little girls deserve love. Exactly. Like, that's really the environment we're talking about. Exactly. So if a girl can't access health, uh, the right justice system, mm -hmm. then where, where do you even start with that problem? So yeah. we need to get to the roots of the problem. Yes, we need to get mm -hmm. to the roots of the mm -hmm. problems, which... It may, call, it may be caused by a lot of issues. Like for example, if you look at the issue of child marriage, it's caused by a lot of issues like complex. It's a complex problem. We have some traditional beliefs which are associated with that. Mm. And we have some economic issues which are causing that because sometimes a girl is getting, is being married or it's been forced mm -hmm. to get married so that they can get the bride price, you know? Yep. Number of cows that they can get, you know, it's, uh, I, I guess I'm referring to the cows a lot. <laughs> Hey, so it means hey, it means something. <laughs> <laughs> that they're gonna get, you know, so, and some of the girls are like forced with the like the life, the, the, the life that they're living in because mm -hmm. you are living in a life which is, it's very poor. Mm -hmm. You have like walking long distances. I guess Norwegian cannot relate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so ah, you are walking long assume. distances, like six <laughs> kilometers to yeah. school, yeah. going back I and forth, and on the again. way you are meeting people who are like convincing you, like, hey come here, you know, you're, you're seeing the easy way out. 
but when you come to think about it like you sit down and you mm. relax and you you, you you know that this is not like the way that you're supposed to go with so yeah so I want us to um, expand on my opening statement because one thing I've learned working in this space especially being a black woman mm -hmm. I feel like sometimes we come to spaces like this and then titles and views are imposed on us yeah and and, I, and, I, and this is a journey I, I mean I over nearly two, two decades I've been doing this I'm <laughs> a little bit older than you and um, language is very powerful very powerful and just just the, the session I don't know if anyone has been to the session with, with the Syrian activist just using the right language as an audience member you hear the reality of it what we struggle with in the in the order you and I do mm -hmm. what we constantly see is when you use the word child marriage mm -hmm. so when you're using the word child and the word marriage it doesn't even make sense because Marriage is something two consenting adults mm -hmm. commit to. Mm -hmm. So we can't even use the word marriage. Mm -hmm. What it's, you know, an adult man with a little child. So for me, it's why we're not using the actual word, which is pedophilia mm -hmm. or child abuse. Because what we're doing, from my experience, mm -hmm. and I'm saying this as a therapist, because as a therapist, I need to name what my client is describing to me. I need to help my client mm -hmm. say what they're actually going through. Mm -hmm. By calling it something else, we're demonizing them. We are making it tiny, smaller. So when we say child marriage, to me, it sounds like it's bad, but hey, it's marriage. Yeah. So it's not that bad. We can't challenge it like we would pedophilia. Mm -hmm. So maybe let's, what are your thoughts on that? Because, and, and by the way, I got to that point. Do you see what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's something that I had to kind of really check all the time. Mm -hmm. But obviously we can't talk about these issues without talking about race because mm -hmm. These languages only used when we're talking about black and brown children. Mm -hmm. White girls would never be told this is child marriage. It would be it's abuse, it's sexual assault. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, so yeah, in, in 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 if you look it in, in the perspective, mm -hmm. marriage uh, requires consent. Mm -hmm. Marriage requires love. But when you look at the definition of child marriage, child marriage means the marriage of two people, and mm -hmm. one of them is like be, 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 uh, it's like uh, how do I say it? Uh, below the age of 18 years older mm -hmm. so we have one most of the time it's one who's an adult maybe two years mm -hmm. older and then there's a child mm -hmm. so child marriage if you look at it in that perspective yeah it is true because child marriage is like it's pedophilia it's, pedophilia, it's yeah. daily how do i say rape of a child because yeah. when you are married marriages come with responsibilities you have to have sexual intercourse with that man on a daily basis and it's not considered as child rape as long as you are married yeah. to that person right and even on issues of sexual offenses in my country this is not considered as sexual offense as long as you are married to that person so you are going to, to the police maybe that person has beaten you up or maybe that person has done something on you you're going to the police and the police are saying oh go sort it at a family level yep. because this is a family issue it's a domestic because issue of, yeah. of mm -hmm. child marriages so if you look for example in my in my country the law of of marriage of 1971 very old it was made at that time i don't know what they were thinking about <laughs> a girl is allowed to get married when they're 14 and 15 years old you know so the moment that you reach 14 the moment that you reach 15 according to the law you can get married mm -hmm. and that means that there are girls who are like finishing off school or maybe they're still in school they're being forced to get married you know so that situation creates like a room mm -hmm. for these perpetrators mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. come mm -hmm. and you know mm -hmm. 
perform child marriage on them, which involves daily child abuse, child rape, you know, all of these things are like interlinked. Mm -hmm. So if you look at like the impact that child marriages has on these kids, because I'm saying kids because they're actually children, if you look at the impact that child marriage has on these kids, um, it's school dropouts because the moment that you are married, you cannot continue to like go to school. They, they do not allow that. So school dropouts. And then we have issues in which the woman is in the house. Like when you're married, you're the mother of the house, but you have no say in the house. You are too young to make any decisions, even the decision of buying salt or maybe sugar. You don't have to, you don't have any right to make decisions. Mm -hmm. So we have issues which are surrounding that, like issues um, involving early pregnancies because now they're getting married when they're too young. So when they get married when they're too young, they get married when they're, um, you know, they get pregnant. So, so I'm assuming in Tanzania, fistula must be a big issue. Yes, we have. Do you guys know what issue. fistula is? A fistula? Can come someone explain in the audience? Please go ahead. It, it means a connection between two body parts that should not be there. So often when we give birth, a an artificial hole can be created between the vagina and mm -hmm. the anus or the rectal canal. It breaks down. Very so painful be, and uncomfortable. And what usually happens, the women can't hold their urine or feces. So what, and then the outcome from that is, now she's ostracized mm -hmm. for having that, they're kicked out of the house, mm -hmm. they're told they're witches, so it mm -hmm. causes a whole problem. So a nine-year-old is kicked out of the house now mm -hmm. by the whole family. Mm -hmm. So there's a, it's, it's not just a one-time incident, so it's mm -hmm. an ongoing issue. And, and, and the reason I brought up the language, and again, I want us to all to think about the implications mm -hmm. that we play in that space. So. Mm -hmm. By the time you walk out of this room, I want to start challenging. Wait a minute, this is not child marriage. This is violence against children. Why? Because that child deserves to get that justice. But if we minimize it and cover it up in a certain way, and I think it's important, and I'm also challenging the UK government at the moment, the organizations that work, because we need to, we have to, because then how do we get better results if we're not even naming this for, for the way language. it is? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, because as you said, language is like the correct tools in which Absolutely, we can get yeah. our message. Yeah. So if we are like naming it in a way like we are hiding, we are hiding the problem. actual truth. Absolutely. We are actually making it like not being a bigger issue. Yeah. But if we call it like child abuse, child rape, it's and whatever it's mm. uh, pedophilia and whatever word that we mm. can find that is actually negative, when people mention those words, they feel bad, and at the same time, mm. they are going to act up on that. But when you say child marriage. <laughs> it's like, oh, even the person you're telling gets confused. Yeah. Oh, so child marriage. Even with my work with uh, on female genital mutilation, now when I'm actually the way I frame that, it's it's a serious sexual assault. Mm -hmm. So touching a child's genitalia, wrong. That's what happens with FGM. You're touching a child's genitalia publicly, mm -hmm. but it becomes a serious assault the moment you use uh, a weapon. Because you know when you use a knife and scissors. It's a, it's a weapon. So we need to give people that justice yeah. by naming it for what it is. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the things I wanted to ask you also is, as you know, mm -hmm. you know you, you, you're seen as this amazing hero in this space. Mm -hmm. But what are the obstacles that you face when you're doing this work? Because I, I know being in that position is not an easy position to be a young woman who's also black. Mm -hmm. And to add, you wear the hijab. So mm -hmm. that comes with its own obstacles in that space. Uh, yes, mm -hmm. yes. So, as I said, um, in my community, and uh, my father is still regarding me as a cow, so that can be one of the challenges that I'm facing. I mean, no matter what work I do, no matter where I go, I will still be regarded as a cow just because I'm a female. Mm -hmm. So other challenges you mentioned, 
I'm a hijabi, and hijabi are known for not being activists, you know. Um, the scriptures, I don't think, I don't think they were like correctly interpreted. They're saying like, if you stand up against human rights, you are like against Islam and all those stuff. So being a hijabi makes me be in this position that when I'm speaking for gender equality, I'm actually being seen as I'm speaking against my religion, you know. Being a black person, when I'm speaking about gender equality, it's like I'm speaking against my society, my family. But the good thing is, there are people who are supporting the movement. There are people who are seeing the truth. Through the way that we're talking here, through the platform that we are using, like uh, Use for Change, that what we are doing, people are seeing the truth. And they're actually coming to the, to the correct pathway. And that's where we are talking about hope. The hope that we are having right now in our mm -hmm. country is immensely, I can say, large because we currently we have our first female president who is like the head of the state and she came into power accidentally, I could say, after the passing of the... A man president. had to die, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> For a woman to be a president, a man has to die. Like you were saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, 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 and even today, um, and even today, I just read an article that she was speaking in one of the Sadiq like mm. meetings, and she was saying like one of the biggest problems that she had to face when she came into power mm. was convincing people that she can do it. A man yep. don't have to do that. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, but for female, she had to. She has mm -hmm. one year in power now, and she had to convince people. She had to do she had like to she had to herself. put in the extra work mm -hmm. to make sure that people know that she can do it. Yep all over again all over again and women we know here we have to like prove ourselves all over again every day we have to do like extra work to prove that we can do it right so yeah so because i want to i want to give the audience actually ask you questions mm -hmm. um just one more question mm -hmm. um so if this audience wanted to help you or support you mm -hmm. what would be your ask <laughs> I have lots of those. So please make a list. I'm sure maybe two or three of them. We can, uh... Yeah. So for me, it would be keep on focusing and keep on funding, keep on supporting programs that empower young girls, keep on supporting programs that generates awareness for girls' rights. Okay. And whatever implementation that you do, for example, Dr. Leila, whatever you are doing, you have to ask yourself where are the girls in this yep. where is gender equality in this mm -hmm. how am i pro promoting the rights of girls in this so keep on doing keep on pushing and another thing is keep on supporting programs that change the restrictive laws that we are having in our country for example we had the previous president he uh, banned teenage pregnancies teenage girls from getting back to school when they have like getting pregnant right so if a teenage girl gets pregnant she cannot go back to school and that was something that he said there is a policy that allows teenage girls to go back to school but he said that and from the moment that he said that they were banned from going back to school so from the moment that you get pregnant as a girl there's no second chance for you so he said that in 2017 right so he died and then uh, as i said we have now a ray of hope <laughs> the female president came and she changed that law right now they can go back to school but we're still facing a lot of other challenges so keep on focusing keep on supporting uh programs that you know um and this restrictive laws like the law of marriage act which allows girls to be married at the age of 14 years old that is as young as anybody can get i mean they deserve to be children keep on empowering girls and 
keep on supporting the voices of girls to be heard. Keep on inviting girls, I mean young women like me, to come into platforms like this to speak up and share their stories. Because for me, I believe a story is much more important than figures, than charts, you know, than platforms and all the stuff. So, for example, in my country, 36% of girls get married before their 18th birthday. And that's a figure, that's a number, right? But if you put that figure in, let's say, number of people who are getting married, that is, you know, if you get the stories of those girls and you know, tell them right here, that is going to be like, you know, everybody is going to cry here. Everybody is going to say, this is so horrible. To, 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 re, to reframe what you're asking, because see, I remember when I was your age and I was an activist, there was always mm -hmm. a little fear of what to really ask for. Mm -hmm. Let me be the, the older sister oh, okay. to make it very clear what you need. Mm -hmm. You need resources, meaning money. Bitcoin people, are you in the room? I've been hearing a lot of promises. <laughs> this is where you need to really get involved in, right? Mm -hmm. So Because you can't do this work without money. Like, it's lovely that Zuhura can sit here and, 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 and give her time. But what happens with a lot of activists, there isn't financial support. That's something that you absolutely need. So I want to make that very clear. I'm going to teach you to really ask for those things. Yeah, so okay. resources, but for organization, but for you personally, I think it's important. Those of you who work in policy, mm -hmm. it's really important that you get involved and support you because mm -hmm. that's where you really make the changes. It's, it's these laws and policies mm -hmm. that really create this really toxic environments mm -hmm. for girls not to go to school, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And if you know any other platforms that you could speak in, mm -hmm get in contact yeah and more yeah. media coverage yeah more good coverage not the sense of you know making it sound like a crazy place listen mm -hmm. hey as africans we have our issues but we love our country yeah you know we love that place <laughs> so it's a, so we need people who can you know we need media coverages that can actually yeah. so show both sides it's yeah. very important yeah and for, for that one i could say um more invest more in programs that raises awareness to people mm -hmm. because this uh problems that we are facing, these problems, they are, they are caused by traditions, customs, and those customs, they were created, people grew up with them, they are like for hundreds of years, I don't know, since the world was created, mm. so they are there for a long time, and in order to change them, we have to invest, we have to push harder, yeah. if we want to reach like uh, the 2030 goals of UN, we have to push harder and making sure that mm -hmm. we reach our goals, so yeah. we have to invest more, we have to fight, we have to like promote the, 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 the agenda of gender equality in our country, in our continent, mm -hmm. and in the world in general. And one, one really important question, and I always ask to any, any speakers, and, and this is something I, I tr I'm trying to practice. Mm -hmm. With everything you do, how do you take care of yourself? <laughs> uh, that's what a the complicated one. <laughs> <laughs> so another ask, it's a retreat. <laughs> And those who work in well-being, please get in contact because it's because you need your energy. Because yes. if you burn out, mm -hmm. you are no use to the campaign. You are yes. no use to this work. Yes. And I'm speaking from experience. Someone who's burnt out a few times. I don't mm -hmm. want that for you. Mm -hmm. So maybe you haven't thought about that, have you? How to take care of yourself? Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> actually, I, I actually asked, asked you this question. I really like, you uh, how do you take care of yourself? <laughs> That's the first question. I was like, wow. So this is how it should be done. But actually, uh, if, you, if you look at me, for example, I am working 50% of my time. I am studying 50% of my time and also have to do activism for gender equality. That is 100% and 50. So 100 <laughs> So it's like, woo. It's so like you, so you also need volunteers to help you. Yes. Yeah. Need, <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to plan yourself carefully. Join the yeah. movement. Because yeah. yeah. if... If there were pe lots of people doing the same, advocating for gender equality, mm -hmm. 
Dr. Leila wouldn't have to put a lot of efforts in, you know, promoting gender equality. So we need mm -hmm. lots of people to join this movement, to join the fight and making sure that girls' voices are heard. Yeah. And I actually liked uh, um, something that you, you asked me, like in terms of make sure girls are always at the forefront. Because when we designed the girl generation, I remember I was part of the design team and I called my daughter thinking, you know, she's going to give me the right answers. I said, so, you know, I've empowered you. What was that like? You know, gave you the power. And she went, oh, she goes, I didn't know you gave me power. And I was so offended by this, by the way. I was like, what? I gave birth to you. I gave you. But she said, I didn't know you gave me power. I thought I was born with my power. So all you did is to create a safe space where my power, so, because what we do in the world of development, have you, who is that word? We're empowering girls. <laughs> empowering, empowering. And, and it's really, so for me, that's where I was really challenged in my work. Actually, girls are really born with power. Yeah. But what we've done, we've created environments where we take away their power. Mm -hmm. So when you leave this room again, we want, we want you guys to think about it in that context. Like how do we make sure girls, are, you know, they remember they have power. Mm -hmm. And we create spaces where they can keep those powers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Great. So I'm going to open the floor. Um, anyone wants to ask a question or share a thought? Yes, Jason. How old, how, with the current president, is there a chance for engagement, even though now she has to continue to prove whatever she has to prove to try and stay in power? But is there a sense that she won't get, or is there a sense that she's fine with the law as is? to try and change that sometime within her time. Is this the president? Yes. Do, do, do you feel there might yeah. is a change? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I feel like as a current president, being a woman, she has seen and she has like experienced and she has like first-hand information on what is going on in terms of, in terms of gender equality in my country. And as I've said, she herself has to prove that she can do it. So she knows the struggles that we are facing as women, right? Mm -hmm. So we have seen uh, hopes, as I've said, one of the few things that she did when she came into power, not one of the first thing, obviously, she had to take care of other stuff, mm -hmm. but one of the few things that she did was to uh, lift the ban that was on teenage girls, teenage mm -hmm. girls not like going back to school after them getting pregnant. Deal in terms yeah, of which is a very big deal mm -hmm. because she's showing us like the way forward. Mm -hmm. And she's always like pushing this female agenda, you know, girls, you know, you know, saying that um, girls are like, uh, and even pushing the, the, the agenda and saying that girls, we can do it mm -hmm. and all of that. And even in her, in her, like, in her SADC meeting, which I've read, she's saying that in just one year, I've shown that girls can do it and they can do it even more mm -hmm. than anyone else can do it, all right? Mm -hmm. So she's proving, she's like a ray of hope. And we just hope that more and more policies and laws and she might even change, I don't know, the constitution in making sure that we achieve gender equality. Mm -hmm. So we have hope with her, although she's still a politician and we just have to watch out. <laughs> so yeah, so we still, we, we have hope in what the work that Don't worry, we had, I had Theresa May back then, so she was not a full woman. <laughs> I, can, I, can, I can tell you that. Anyone else? Question? Well, I, I appreciated your framing at the beginning around child marriage being the wrong term. It got me thinking, you know, there's several aspects. There's the point about child abuse, child rape, there's sort of sexual enslavement, there's mm -hmm. prevention of empowerment and education. And we've touched on all of these different points. I guess my question is, as you try to convince more and more people 
who, what groups of society and what aspects of this, because it's a multivariate thing that's keeping women down. How do you think of that movement and, and how do you frame this in such a way that it appeals to more people to make change? Yeah. You go first. So, in our approach, we, do, we, we obviously have a specific group of people that we want to like approach, but then ending child marriage is like the entire society's problem. So we cannot focus on saying, girls, let's make sure that this girl speaks up. Let's make sure that, you know, we have to use a multilateral approach, I don't know. Yeah. We have to use an approach that combines everyone. Everyone is included, including male. And that's why in our, in our, in our influencing, we are even influencing members of the parliament in making sure that they change the law. We are visiting the deep, deep interior sides of Tanzania in making sure that we, we, we reach to these people who are affected, getting their stories. And we also talk to those you know, leaders, traditional leaders, in making sure that their story, they, 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 they change their mindset. Because at the, end of the girl, at the end of the day, when these girls are like uh, experiencing these atrocities, and when the girls, sometimes they know they are going to be forced to be married, they run to their you know, traditional leaders, village leaders. So we use that approach. In, convincing the traditional leaders that this is bad. So when the girl come, they actually feel safe. They, they have a safe haven in which maybe we cannot stay there when we go to do the programs and you know live there because we have to come back and work and all the stuff. So we have to make sure that these traditional leaders are aware. And at the end, the heart of our programming or the heart of what I'm doing is changing the mindset because that's where every problem lies in. That's where everything begins with the mindset that say, that's saying that a girl is not a human being. A girl cannot be like an equal partner. That is like the first thing that we are aiming and changing. And that's where wherever we are visiting, we don't care if it's a man, if it's a traditional leader, if it's a parliamentary, we are changing their mindset and making sure that they know child marriage is bad to begin with. Like, like Dr. Leila said, child marriage is a bit of failure. Child marriage is child rape, child abuse. So if you change their mindset, at the end of the day, you know, you get positive results from the entire community instead of focusing on a certain group, which we could have easily done and changed. Yeah. I think I think within the context of Tanzania, it was very different to the context in the UK where I worked. The UK for me, <coughs> the approach myself and those who worked in my campaign took was we went the the, the route of influencing the um, from a political perspective because I knew that's that's who was holding power. I could be talking to everybody, but unless we change the laws and politics and actually use the law to start prosecuting people. So that was for me, for me it wasn't it wasn't good enough that this was um, oh yeah, now now we call it child abuse. Okay, then can you start prosecuting this as child abuse? Mm -hmm. So it, and, and, and it and it's gonna take a while. And it wasn't because of the Somali community or the other African communities in the UK. It was a British culture actually that had a lot of laws around women that was not very helpful to it. And I give you, for example, our domestic violence bill. It's written in a way that, so for example, if I was walking down the street right now and a, strange, a stranger beat me up, a strange, like male beat me up, or attacked me, black and blue, he'll be dealt with by the authorities without my permission, right? That, that, should, that sounds about right. But if it's my partner, unless I report him, he will not be prosecuted. And, and, that has, and, the, and that's where we have to start challenging. I think for me, that's the starting point. 
Because then at least when I want to challenge people, at least have some paperwork, I can say, hey, there's a law here that protects me. But if the law doesn't protect you, it's really difficult. Yes. You had a question. Oh, that was in the UK? In the UK, that's the domestic violence, but it's still the same. Actually, most of Europe, check, that it's the same thing. Most of Europe, the best, that's why they have a domestic violence bill instead of just GBH, which is really bodily harm. So if you look at if you look at all of the laws for women, you'll see there are loopholes mm -hmm. where because it's your partner, it's a whole different approach. Mm -hmm. If you, for example, your partner killed you, it wouldn't be necessarily murder; it would be a passionate crime or something. Let's see you there. Where's, where's Kid, the lawyer? She's not here. She's out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's passionate crime. It's like why? Why is it passionate crime? Just because? Or if a man from my community, the Somali community, kills me in the UK. It would be an honor killing. It wouldn't be seen as murder. Because he killed me, because he saw me in a situation where he didn't like, because that's his culture. See, this is the thing, and I, and I wanna challenge all the white people in this room as well on this, because what, what I see over and over again, this fear of being seen as racist. We can't be fearful of calling out violence, full stop. By not calling it out, then that's a racist act in my opinion. Because then you're saying it's okay for women, those that look like us, to be suffering or to be subjected in such a way. Why, why if my brother kills me, it's honorable? Just because he's Somali. That has to be challenged. And especially as a white person who holds that power, you, it's, your, it's your duty to actually challenge that. Use your power to challenge that. Yeah, you get the trolls will call you racist. Who cares? I get called racist all the time, even though I'm black. Like it, I get called that all the time. I get called, you hate your people. You're Islamophobe. I will never ever compromise the life of a child just because somebody's scared to call something out. Yeah. yeah. So check, actually all your countries check the domestic violence bill because you'll see there's that little loophole there. Oh, did someone else? Yes. A question for Timura. Um, you talked about mindset change and obviously in your advocacy work. Where, where, what kind of groups, where do you find the most resistance to your work and how? Have you found any way to deal with that? How have you? Who, who resists you the most? And how do you deal with them? Oh, okay. So uh, the, the, the people who, um, as I said, this was created many years ago, even when I was not born. So the people who <laughs> are very resistant, you might find uh, you are going to a community, let's say, of a traditional leader, and then that person, the moment that they see you, that you are advocating against child abuse, that the moment that they see that you are a girl, you know, what are you doing here? You're just a girl, you should just, you know, go home, You're just a girl is take the care of yourself. <laughs> look, at, itself, look, yeah. look at the way you look, uh, you, mm -hmm. look you look angry all the time, what is wrong with you? Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, the gaslighting is real, yeah. Just, just go home yeah. and take care of yourself. So, uh, the most challenge, the most resistance that I fought, that I found in my programming, are the people who are still having those backwards, more backwards minds, like traditional leaders. Um, you might find even, even sometimes you may think it's traditional leaders, but sometimes you may find a member of the parliament is opposing what we are doing. Because I remember one, 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 once we were doing like we were going, we were one of the work that we did in advocating against this law of marriage act, which allows girls to be married at the age of 15, is collecting petitions and going to the community and telling them that this is not right, teaching them on ways that they can, you know, change this law. 
so one of the challenges that we faced was one day when we were like going to the, like the interior parts of one of the regions in Tanzania called Mkasi and, and we watched the parliament and one of the parliamentary parliamentarian was saying like oh so these people want to change the marriage act it is not going to be changed this is our customs this is our our, our, our traditions this is the way you know we cannot only speak to a group of people activists we have to speak for the entire community and the entire community is for this like marriage act so we are not going to change it and that is actually you're looking at that person and he's like a minister and you don't even know what to do we had to like close uh, our, our our program for that day and like cry and like you know mm. do something else because this is like involved in the yeah it's like a, a, a lot mm -hmm. to our work so those are those are just some of the challenges that you may face but i as i can say we have hope in our country people are, mm. people's mindsets now now are changing and I said, uh, as I said, we have like the first president, and we also have organizations doing developmental work, mm -hmm. uh, like a CSOs, Plan International, for example, mm -hmm. where I, I discovered my voice there. Um, you know, they are changing their mindset, and we have platforms like the Oslo Freedom Forum mm -hmm. where we can come and share our voices. So we have hope, although we are still facing challenges, you know, mm -hmm. from the community when we are doing our work, we still have hope. Yeah. Just one more comment. Uh, okay, can I come to you last because I know you work with her, so you maybe can say you and then you. Okay, great. Well, firstly, I thought that was a really good um, discussion, and I think you know I learned so much from that. Um, so, Zuri, one of the things that you were saying is that this has been you know very decades, century-long practice. Mm -hmm. Recently, I was doing some coverage on the Horn of Africa, which has really been impacted by drought. And in those communities, people are essentially selling off their daughters just to have food. Mm -hmm. um, so I just wondered, are there any new trends that you've noticed um, in the practice of what we'll use for now, child marriage? Good. <laughs> <laughs> so in, in my community, uh, if you look at like, the causes of child marriages, as I've said, economic causes, uh, the married off, and then there are traditional causes. Like in my community, we have this traditional <coughs> ceremony. Some tribes are doing it, and even in the cities, they're doing it. It's called Unyago. So Unyago is practically like they're taking, like uh, for example, especially in December, when girls are like uh, in holidays. So they're taking those girls to, they're taking them inside, and they're teaching them, you know, how to be a woman, how to take care of your husband, and you know, it's a like little has camps, to, right? They create little camps for yeah, these girls. Yes. So, yeah. so like inside, like uh, mm -hmm. girls have been taught on how to, like, you know, I don't know what she's like. I don't know. Mm -hmm. So all of those teachings that they're being taught, when they come out of those unyago and there's like a celebration and all those stuff. So when they come out, they actually are now like more willing to be married because they have already been taught on how to do that they want to practice mm -hmm. and you may find those cases uh that they are, they are forcing themselves to, to they, are, they are they are just going to get married you know they're going to get married off at the moment that they're out so they're like those kinds of trends and some of the trends that you have also seen is like this situation like when you're having a poor family and you know um, you see marriage as like the way out for you to like get a good life. So yeah. I know it's happening in Somalia right now because of the droughts. Mm -hmm. So girls have been sold, sold off. Yeah. You and then I'll, 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 I'll end with you. All right. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, I would like to start by commenting the kind of work that you're doing uh, in Tanzania Sogura, mm -hmm. from the way that you're talking and see that a lot is happening there. Mm -hmm. But I just wanted also to ask you, 
a question which is also related to the work that they are doing. Mm -hmm. To say, given what you are doing, apparently it shows that it's you against the entire community, or like say the entire country, mm -hmm. because it's about the norms that have been deeply historically. So I wanted to know if you have to assess the situation that you are in, the level of security, given that you are also working against the norms that are believed by, I would say, kind of majority based on the tradition that they practiced before. So starting from the family level of foreign the challenges going to the community and the entire country. How would you rate yourself in terms of that? Are you safe is the question you're asking. Yeah. How safe are you? Mm. How safe do you feel? <laughs> Let me rephrase that question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I don't feel like I'm 100% safe, <coughs> but uh, compared to like other communities, I feel like I'm some sort of, you know, mm -hmm. I have some sort of safety because if you look at the work that we are, I am doing, I'm not doing it alone. I'm not, it's not just me against the community. We have, as I said, I'm part of Youth for Change and there are other organizations which are working on the same work. You know, other youth activists, activists, and even if you look at the activist platforms like Oslo Freedom Forum, what they are doing. Mm -hmm. So we have like some sort of a community which is like protecting one another. Mm -hmm. So what I can say is, yes, I do feel like looking at the family level, for instance, I have my mother who is supporting me 100% because she understands my cause and she like supports me and she's very proud of me. And then looking at the other side where my father is like, you are a cow and all those stuff. Mm -hmm. So going to the you know societal levels, there are people who are supporting you and the people who are like saying, mm, you know, this girl is bad. Uh, I don't think she's any good. Uh, she's not going to, to get married even one day. She's not going to have a family. She's always angry and all those stuff. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think I, 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 feel, I, I do feel like there's some issues on safety involved, but I'm kind of feeling like it's not as bad as I could be like in another community because I still have the community that is supporting me. Like what I've said, um, um, I joined like Plan International and they supported me, they cancelled me and they actually give me like the, 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 they actually give me like a voice to be able to like share my story. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there are a lot of people who are like supporting the work that I am doing mm -hmm. and I am not alone. Yeah. And I believe that you are supporting the work too. So I, I, I think what I want to say to you is I think we live, we, live, we live in a world, and a lot of us have been having this conversation for the last few days, we've glamorized activism for some weird reason, mm -hmm. that we've glamorized not being safe. Mm -hmm. So I just want to say to you, it's never okay that you don't feel safe. Mm -hmm. And I think HRF, PLAN, they all are responsible to make sure you're safe. Mm -hmm. I think that's, and I, and I know there's something in the current work that we're doing, anyone mm -hmm. we work with, we are, have to be accountable for that person's safety. Yes, yes, exactly. It's so super important. Yeah. Exactly, because if you're looking at what we are doing as activists, we are basically fighting for basic human rights, yeah. access to education, access to you know sexual health, mm. access to you know mm. uh, proper menstrual hygiene, you know gender equality, girls should not be beaten. Those are proper like, <laughs> like human stuff. Yeah, human hey, stuff. It's like drinking people. water. Yeah, it really yeah, is like that. Yeah. yeah. So we should yeah. feel safe when we are advocating for those things. You're the last person. Yeah. yeah, yeah, thank you. I just wanted to add uh, on the point, like, um, yeah, it's uh, somehow resonated to what he was asking, like, it's you against everybody. Mm -hmm. And then uh, one person back there asked, like, uh, the group that you think are too hard to change. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, as Tuhura highlighted, like, you know, uh, we might think maybe 
the older people in the community are the hardest to change. You can be surprised, even the young generation also still has this mindset. And you can find the young men, boys, speaking like issues like, yeah, it's okay for a girl there, you know. So also, <coughs> this issue is as big as you cannot imagine. It's not about the older version of the people in the community, in the rural areas, but even the young ones, even in cities. Yeah, you can never assume. That's one thing I learned. Like, don't assume the women on your side just because you're fighting for women. Don't assume yeah. young people on your side just because they're young. Mm -hmm. it's, a, and it, it's, that, it's that safety checks you have to do at all times. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. Well, we're going to end it there. Thank you so much, Sonoru. Um, do you want to share your social media? Like, uh, what do you call them? Social media tags? <laughs> oh my god, I'm so old. <laughs> Handles. There you go. <laughs> or email that people can reach you out on. Like. Yeah, so we have Useful Change Tanzania, which is on, uh, you know, uh, Twitter, Instagram. You can reach us there. Mm -hmm. You can also reach us through Pan International Tanzania and Pan International Norway. Mm -hmm. And you can see the work that you are doing there. Can I check who's here from Plan so people can... So you don't just go up to, oh, there, see, go up to all these people yeah. to support Zahra's job. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Great. Thank, thank you all so much.